the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Always excited to speak with one and the only Patrick O'Hara, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com. I start every day with Briefing.com, um, particularly his page. Uh, Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hi, Rob. Doing fine. Thank you. Okay. Front page of the USA Today. Investors brace for bigger drop. Probably a good thing, right? <laughs> You're implying that that's a contrarian indicator, I guess? I am. I am. Um, yeah, well, you know, that is obviously the the $64,000 question here is, you know, is what now? I mean, you've had a very disappointing start to the year, and it's and it's uh, it's convoluted in the sense that uh, you have this idea that you, you had such strong gains in 2013, so that it's not really a surprise that you would see the market pull back here and that the market is overdue for a correction. I would imagine in that same article it's it's mentioned that we haven't had a 10% correction since uh, 2011. Um, so, so you just have that element in there, and then of course now you throw in the these uh, issues, these bogeys of the emerging markets, uh, you know, economic data not living up to you know the stronger growth expectations that a lot of people were expecting, uh, and really just uh, a non-response for the most part to what have been better than expected earnings in the fourth quarter, and so. It creates this swirl of uncertainty, and true to form, uh, when uncertainty runs high, um, especially following a market that has run as far as this one has, uh, money managers oftentimes say, "Look, I, I need to lock in some of this this profit." And so there's some been some pretty decent selling, and it's creating some concern that maybe we have more to go. I got an email from a friend of mine, and. It goes as far as to say that he listens to a podcast by a photographer, which is okay. And you're like, where's this going? But it goes even further to say he's now recommending that his technical indicators have said to short the market. Um, and I thought that was another sign, Patrick, that you know everyone seems to have an opinion at this point in time about what a correction is, when it's going to happen, what it'll look like. Um, any thoughts on you know further signs that this is starting to become almost fear-driven? Well, seeing uh, probably the you know the CBOE volatility index has had a has had a market spike here um, off the year. It's, I think it's up about forty percent since the end of two thousand thirteen. Uh, that would suggest that uh, people are positioning for um, you know some added volatility here in in the near term certainly, and so that kind of gets toward that idea that people are, are I don't want to say that they're panicking, but that they are certainly growing more concern, more risk-averse here. Um, you know, one of the things that struck me this morning, though, is, is, is you know, I would have expected uh, the futures coming in this morning to be down 
much more than they were. Um, you had a 4% sell-off in Japan overnight. Uh, you had the market fail at certain technical support levels that had held up for some time uh, yesterday. And you didn't have that. You had the S&P futures trading up this morning. And, and I think that willingness to come right back in and you see that bounce in a, you know, off of a big drop shows that there, there isn't a lot of fear and loathing in the market here, that something very off-putting is at, is, at, is at hand. I think it's just more of a sense that, you know, you see these dips, we're down about 6% for the year, so you come in, you buy those dips, right? That was the trade that works so well, so beautifully for 2013. And we think that there's still an inclination to, to continue to, to lean on that idea. Um, and you won't see that uh, dissipate, we think, until you get some repeated failures of that buy-the-dip trade. And so you've already seen some challenges this morning, but the market, as we speak, is sitting on its morning highs. And uh, we'll just have to see how the rest of the day unfolds. But, you know, from our vantage point, we don't think that this down leg we're seeing right now is quite yet over. Okay. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Marketing Analyst, Briefing.com, in your page one summary this morning, you pointed out the 200-day moving average on the Dow, the 100-day moving average on the S&P 500 being violated, being negative. How much stock do you put into moving averages? I myself, right. I see them, but I don't really care about them. Right. Well, you know, I always get myself into trouble, Rob, when I get into technicals, right? Okay. Um, but but I understand for a lot of people who read, you know, my page one comment, uh, we do cater to a, a trading audience as well, and um, and they 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 follow technicals closely, right? And so it, it does matter for for that contingent, obviously. And um, from what I can gather, that hundred day moving average on the S P five hundred has been a strong area of support uh, dating back, I believe, till. Till June of 2012, really, where we haven't had a, a, a you know real test of it, and a, and what we saw was it, it broke yesterday, and uh, and the market made a really lifeless effort to try and get back above it, and when it didn't, you saw I think some technical driven selling interest kick in, which helped uh, drive the market as low as it went yesterday, and so I think people are are there is certainly a, a, a large enough group out there that's very focused on that technical condition. But, you know, when we see breaks of those technical levels, I then take a step back as a fundamental analyst and I ask myself, you know, what what really has changed here to, you know, drive us in this direction? And and you've got a lot of noise out there on the wires about, you know, perhaps growth expectations for 2014 not living up to, you know, to what people thought they were going to be. But at the end of the day, you have a market which is not ridiculously overvalued in our estimation, uh, might be fairly valued, but you still have you still have earnings growth. You have uh, yields on the 10-year note that have actually come down, uh, which should uh, potentially be very supportive for the housing market in coming months as mortgage demand picks up. Uh, and so and you still are continuing to get economic growth. So the world is not falling apart, even though right now you have some scary-sounding headlines on the front page of some, you know, major newspapers suggesting that, uh, you know, that the world, you know, might come to an end here. And it's not going to. So fundamentally, we think that the market is still looking okay, but you have some technical factors that are kicking in here that are, are, are uh, driving what would be considered an overbought market into a state of some corrective activity. 
I used to own a company called Coach, uh, high-end purses, late 90s, early 2000s, and then Michael Kors came out, and Michael Kors, better product, better pricing, more demand. Um, Kors is knocking it out of the park. Coach is slumping. Um, is there a lesson other than sometimes companies pass the torch? Is there uh, anything that you're seeing in Michael Kors? Because I did notice you mentioned it this morning in your page one. Right. You know, well, I think that, you know, that is the, the, the read-through a lot of people are making here. If you look at some direct competitors, I mean, Michael Kors would certainly be a direct competitor for, for Coach, and we continue to see Michael Kors pretty much, uh, you know, hit it out of the park quarter after quarter here while Coach is, is kind of running into some, uh, some turbulence in terms of, uh, you know, increasing margins and growing sales at you know, in a very robust manner. I mean, Michael Kors is is doing that uh, in spades right now. I think their revenue was up close to 60% um, year over year, which is astounding. And, and that's why I think you're seeing that, you know, Kors is being identified as, as a growth company and the market is willing to pay premium valuations for growth companies, or I should say willing to pay up certainly for growth companies that deliver on those growth numbers. And Kors did that. Uh, for sure, and so you've seen a real strong reaction to that stock. Coach is, you know, still a great company. Um, probably will take some time to sort of work through some of these issues here to uh, try and, you know, stoke increased demand to their product and, and improve sales. But, uh, you know, Coach is looked at now as probably the more uh, value-oriented play, and, and, you know, that's not what's resonating right now. You saw that in the report from, like, Netflix and Under Armour, Two companies that really just knocked it out of the park, and despite having run big already, they you know they took it to a new level in terms of the stock price after their reports. And Coors is benefiting from that today. Any commentary that you want to make on Sasha Nadelli, 46 years old, replacing Steve Ballmer as Microsoft CEO? Well, you know, you could say that you know there's obviously going to be a lot of attention on that appointment, and given his um, position within the cloud, uh, you know, space at, at Microsoft. It, you know, to me, it makes some sense that if you weren't going to go outside the company, that that's a prudent appointment, given that that, that seems to be where, uh, you know, technology is is, is headed uh, in, a, in a manner of speaking. And so uh, the challenge, though, of course, will, will be for uh, Mr. Nadelia to essentially uh, remake the image of Microsoft in a world that's becoming, you know, increasingly less PC-centric. Um, so it won't be an easy road ahead, uh, but uh, the appointment does make sense to us given, you know, Microsoft's position right now and where things appear to be headed. Um, so, uh, and he still does have the benefit, we would say, of, you know, uh, some of the stewardship from Bill Gates, uh, who is, I believe, also stepping down as chairman, but it's going to remain on the board and be a, a uh, an advisor to Mr. Nadelia. Uh, and, you know, say what you will about Bill Gates, but I think that, you know, you want someone like him still involved with this company. Um, and I think he understands that uh, it is moving in a new direction, and that's why he stands behind the appointment of uh, of their new CEO. Thanks very much for joining me. Anything else you want to add here, Patrick, or any last-second um, thoughts on the market sell-off? 
Yeah, well, you know, like I said, you know, we we don't think that we're done here quite yet. Um, you know, we did have such a strong run, and and it, but you know, kind of what we're seeing here, it, it's going to be a more challenging road this year, um, simply because we had so much of the returns uh, pulled forward in 2013. You had a 30% gain in the S&P 500 on about 6% earnings per share growth, and and you just need to take some time to to. to consolidate that move, and we think that that's really what we're getting here. Um, you could call it a correction. It may look yep. scary at times, sounds scary, but we think it is still within that you know realm of normalcy to see a pullback like this, and uh, you know we could you know get down a little bit further here before um, uh, you won't really yep. see, I think, a strong bottoming signal, though, until there's maybe one of those real... AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Update brought to you by Garmin to Berkeley at of higher interest rates in the U.S. or, or less further monetary stimulus. The Emberg Market Minute. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.